We live in a market economy, a merit economy. We earn our livings and we trade money, goods, and labor for money, goods, and labor. We earn what we get and we deserve what we earn. And so by that thinking, CEOs and pro ball players and movie stars are worth way more than the people who teach and care for our children or care lovingly for our elderly, right? I mean, that's the way we measure things, is how much money somebody earns. It's the way the world works. We get what we earn and what we deserve, right? <laughs> yeah. Got, got somebody disagreeing with me back here. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> And we good religious folks think that we earn our way too. We may not have the money and the property that some people do, but we at least have spiritual blessings. You know, and those of us who go to church regularly and sing in the choir, (laughs) you know, who pray and who do good charitable works and support them with our hard-earned money. I mean, we're pleasing God and we'll be rewarded for that, right? Well, hear a story that Jesus told about the kingdom of heaven from Matthew 20, 1 through 16. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus tells us, is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire day laborers for his large vineyard, where there was much, much work to be done. And he hired the laborers that he found, and he promised to pay them the going rate for a day's worth of labor. There was a lot of work still to be done, so he went back out at nine to see if anybody was standing looking for work. And he hired again the workers that he could find and promised to pay them a fair wage. He went back at noon and back at three and did the same. And there was still work he wanted to get done that day. So he went back at five and found some more people who still hadn't been hired and sent them to work in his vineyard alongside the others. Well, about an hour or so later, he called it a day. And he told the manager to pay the last hired first. Each one was given the wages for a full day's labor. So the ones hired at three and noon and nine were all treated the same way. You could see the expectation on the faces of those who were hired first. And the disappointment when all they got was what they were promised a day's wage. They weren't happy. They deserved more because they'd been out all day in the hot sun, and they deserved more than those people who just worked for an hour. I mean, what's with that? The landowner said, hey, I gave you what I promised to give you, and I'm allowed to do what I want with what belongs to me. 
So the kingdom of heaven must not run by our rules. I mean, because that was not fair, you know? It wasn't fair. I mean, what about deserving and earning? Surely, God must have some updated software accounting and measuring our goodness and our efforts, right? Not this stuff, right? This story that Jesus told insults our egos, And it throws into question the merit systems that we know are the way the world works. Contrary to our rules, however, God's grace is a free gift. God's grace and God's mercy are being poured out upon us right now, right here regardless any merit, regardless any demerit. All we have to do is open up and receive it. It's free regardless what we think that we deserve, regardless any shame or any guilt or any pain that we bear, regardless of any brokenness or failings. God's grace and mercy are free. This room is full up with God's love and God's grace. I mean, what good news. What good news that is. And we don't really like that sometimes. I mean, I I hope I'm wrong, but I think that most of us, really don't like what's free because it doesn't say anything about us. We didn't earn it. And so what's with that? I mean, especially if those people, I mean, you know, whoever those people are, you know, if those people get it in the same measure that we get it, I mean, if it's as available to Donald Trump and to Hillary Clinton, as it is to us, and as available to people who are homeless? I mean, what's with that? It it messes with our systems. It says everything, everything about the giver of all good gifts, and nothing about us. I think this is the reason we don't really like to talk about spiritual gifts, Because if they're gifts, we don't have anything to brag about. You know, we like to strut around and say, oh, look at me. I did that so well. If it's it's a gift from God, it says something about God. You know, I have to cooperate, but eh, anyway. God's economy, Jesus assures us in so many stories and so many teachings, is not the same as our human economy. And most of us, to be fair, most of us step in and out of it, often without even knowing it. When we give love and kindness and patience freely, we're operating in God's economy. In God's economy, 
And, and this is hard for us to get until we've really experienced it. In God's economy, giving and receiving are the same thing. Let me say that again. In God's economy, giving and receiving are the same thing. In God's economy, to truly receive what another person has to offer is a gift to that person. Receiving is a gift, and giving becomes a form of receiving when we stand in that flow of grace. In this strange economy, we offer our love into the world, whatever our love looks like in that given moment, expecting nothing in return. We just put love out there. It may be kindness. It may look like patience. It may look like material goods, you know, like cans of food or beautiful flowers or an act of faithfulness. And when another person receives this act of love, this gift of love, it's transformed and it takes a new shape as that person then offers something to another person who will pass it on. They offer love in their own shape somehow. And it takes on a new size and a new shape as that love passes from one person to another. Until one day, all that we have to offer into the world is our own need. Whatever that need looks like on any given day. And in offering our need, others receive the gift of offering what they have. And in this strange economy, what we once put forth as love returns to us as exactly the thing we need in that moment. We don't give in order to receive. We give expecting nothing in return. We stand in that flow of gift, in that flow of God's love, and that flow of human love transformed. And we trust that all will be well. Even when the market economy balance sheets look off, we trust and we offer what we have. And we also receive freely what is coming to us. And that receiving is often the hard part for us. I I know. Okay, so think about how we do relational exchanges in a market economy. If you give me something, then I'm obligated to give you something in return of equal value, right? I mean, you know, You you bring something to my house for dinner and I take something to your house, or however we do that. We keep our back and forth giving as balanced as we can. And in the story of the vineyard, we can imagine that some of those people who were hired at 5 o'clock were incredibly grateful for receiving a full day's wage and being able to feed the families that were depending on them. But they had to receive it. We've known people 
who would have walked around paranoid that the manager will decide it's a mistake and come after them, or that it's a trick and will later accuse them of stealing. I mean, we know these people. We know people who, standing in the rules of the market economy, are too proud to accept charity and would argue with that manager, wanting what they've earned and nothing more. The kingdom of God is about being the right size and the right shape for whatever is ours to do in any given moment. When we live and move in that flow of grace that Jesus calls the kingdom of heaven, we have what we need for what ours for what is ours to be and to do in any given moment. We stay in that flow by offering what we have without any sense of what will come back to us or without any sense of what the outcome will be. I mean, that's hard. We want to control what happens with what we give, right? I mean, we want to know that it's going to make a difference. And it's hard. This is hard. But whatever we offer, whatever we offer through God is received and transformed by love into the exact size and shape needed. When we live in the kingdom of heaven, which is right here and right now, as Jesus tells us, we are the right size and the right shape. What if we were to decide to live in that free gift of grace, to sort of splash around in it and act as if we might actually belong there? What if we practice offering what we have and receiving freely what comes our way without trying to balance any scales? I invite us to let go our notions of deserving and earning and staying even. They're notions. They're not reality. And to step into that economy where giving and receiving are one and the same thing. And to trust that we'll have what we need in any given moment to do what, our, what is ours to do. As a practice, try simply offering God what you have in this moment. I mean, sort of take an inventory of of what you have. I know um, your list will look different from mine, and and our lists of what we have on any given day change. So some days I start by offering God my fear. You know, in some days it's so bad. You know, I need to list every single one of them. Some days I offer my failings or my regrets or my resentments. Because God can do something with those. God can transform those into something else. Some days I start by offering my spiritual gifts, my talents, my abilities, my dreams and my hopes, the love and the concern that I carry for others. 
It doesn't matter what it is. Offer time or loneliness or extra spaces, extra rooms. When we freely offer God what we have, God transforms it into what is needed. God receives all that we offer and makes all things new. In God's economy, nothing is wasted. Offer what you have and see what God might do with it.